Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting a guest, Dave Dries. Dave is an entrepreneur, a former standout high school and Hall of Fame college basketball player. He's a personal trainer, fitness model, health coach, former health club owner. He has his own YouTube channel. He's the owner of Score, which is a men's skincare line, and a brand new father of a beautiful daughter in April. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. So I want to start uh, in that intro. I mean, you have an incredible drive, and you are not afraid to keep following your passions. And I just listed a ton of titles in that intro, but none of those things happen without a lot of drive and determination. So let's start with the early years. You're a Minnesota kid. I know you're in Arizona now, but Mm -hmm. where does that drive and that determination come from? Yeah, I mean, once again, thanks for having me. And you kind of, you said all those different things as kind of an intro of things that I've done and things that I'm currently doing. Um, I told you kind of before we jumped on this is kind of like a blessing and a curse. I've done a lot of different things. I've learned a lot along the way. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I tend to look at it as, as a good thing in, in regards to um, being diverse in, in what I've done. So to answer that question though, it started out just growing up. You know, I had good parents that allowed me to play all different kinds of sports. So I played soccer, basketball, a little bit of football. Um, you know, and I took that every year, every season was always sports. Um, so I just fell in love with playing the game and, and there was a good way to connect with a lot of kids and become friends with them and, and things of that sort. So I did that all the way through high school, um, was, had a successful high school career, was recruited by St. Cloud State. That's how I met you at St. Cloud State. Um, played four years there, um, had a good career there. Um, I had opportunities to go overseas and, and potentially play. Um, I just was kind of burnt out from, from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some friends down in Arizona, so I moved out down to Arizona. It was December of 2008 um, once I graduated and I went from in Arizona I went from working at a Wells Fargo to being a financial advisor to owning a gym and doing all sorts of these other different things too so it's been an interesting path but I've learned a lot along the way yeah absolutely and you know people hear that intro and they're just like wow that's quite a resume and I think something that is so relatable to everyone listening is to start any of those things that took risk It took failures. You had to overcome challenges and fears and obstacles along the way. So, you know, I listed a bunch of titles, but what I would like you to like bank in on here is what would you say you've learned the most from all those experiences as you've kind of followed your passions along the way? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, I always knew sports in high school and sports in college, you know, that's just part of my DNA. But I think the biggest thing for me is I, I decided to move to Arizona. Um, and like I said, it was a day after Christmas in December of 2008. Um, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, I wanted to try something different. If it didn't work out, I could always go back to Minneapolis or the Minnesota area. Um, so I moved down to Arizona. That was the first big jump. I got a job at a Wells Fargo financial, um, you know, just to get a job thinking that's what you have to do after, mm-hmm. after, um, college. I was there for probably four months, man. And I was on the verge of about to get fired. <laughs> it was one of those things where my numbers weren't any good. I didn't, I didn't really believe in what they were trying to sell and do. So it was one of those things where I'm like, this is just not for me. So uh, I ended up networking with a guy in this kind of moral of all this too, is networking. Um, that's 
to answer your question on how I got into all these different things is just networking. Um, but I ended up getting in networking with a guy at Edward Jones, which is a financial service firm. Um, and I started kind of going down that route and I've learned a ton. I was there for probably two and a half years. Um, their methodology is to go door knocking. So I was going in neighborhoods, mm-hmm. knocking on doors, having to create conversations out of nothing, you know, and, and I, I hate when someone knocks on the door, you know, so I understand, you know, how, how horrible that is essentially. So, uh, but it was great because I could talk to anybody about anything. You know, you just have to introduce yourself. You have to downplay, you have to put them as at ease as quick as you can. And it just was a great learning experience on trying to sell something door to door. Um, you know, I did that for two and a half years, had the opportunity to open a gym. Um, so I took that and the same thing, like every time someone, this is the one big advice that I have too for gym owners, um, is, you know, a lot of people come to the gym is, you know, they have their own insecurities or they have their reasons why they're there. So the last thing you want to do as the owner or someone, you know, when you introduce yourself is you want to make them feel as comfortable as possible um, because it's a very challenging thing for a lot of people to step into an unfamiliar zone, you know, where everyone might be in great shape and, and they're nervous. So um, I, I really do think that from my time knocking on doors and kind of breaking down some barriers initially, it really helped me connect with clients when they came into the gym because you know I knew they were there for the right reason. You just had to give them the confidence and the motivation to continue on and, and say that this is the place that they want to be. So, um, so that was great. Um, during my time owning the gym, you know, I met with some good photographers. I did some things out in LA. Um, and then one thing just kind of led to the next with that. I did some part-time stuff with Reebok, which was really cool. And that was just through people I met through my stuff in LA. And it just, you know, this was back when social media was kind of just starting to, you know, you're starting to network with a lot of different people all yeah. across the country, kind of right at the beginning of Instagram. Um, and that's just how it was. It was, Hey, can you get me in contact with this person? And then, Hey, this is what I'm up to how can you know how can I help you let's connect let's do this um so it was a lot of that um that allowed me to really do all these different things which I've got to experience and then last but not least I got to meet a lot of people and I always joke I feel like I could go to any state in the United States and find a place to work out if I had to just from the connections that I've made so yeah and so I think speaking to that relatability piece mm-hmm. being that you've did all of those things what were like some of the your own challenges or you you mentioned because I, I you know we're both well I, I have a health club as well but you know people mm-hmm. come in with everyone has a story right but what were some of those yep. things that you had to overcome you know you, you you just talked about your being a fitness model and and just the owning a health club and taking that next step and that next step and networking was a big thing that you said but where did you find that that belief in yourself I guess to to not be afraid to take that next step that next step, that next opportunity. Right. That's actually a really good question. Um, You know, I I think it was kind of easy right away because you were able to, you were able to do it on the computer. You know, you were able to reach out and connect in regards to fitness, the fitness side of things. I was Mm -hmm. able to network by, you know, it wasn't necessarily having to be face to face. So just asking was the biggest thing. You know, I'd ask on I'd connect on uh, Facebook at the time. It wasn't messenger, but just a message like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, Reebok, here's how I can help you guys. And then the connections were made there. So I asked a lot of people, you know, if they needed certain things, you know, when it came to me getting published, I started writing articles for a magazine for a while before I actually was published 
you know, on their cover and their spreads and stuff. And they're always looking for content. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of go in the back door to get kind of what you were looking for in a sense. But at the time, it's just asking, you know, and I think a lot of people are afraid of hearing no. And I always <laughs> relate back to it is I don't know how many times I heard no knocking on the doors of oh. Edward Jones. Like it was no all the time. Like Absolutely. if you got one yes out of 30 doors, like that was the most amazing thing. The yes was like, maybe you could get their contact information to follow up. Like that's a win. So hearing no, was really not a big deal because I heard so much of it, um, you know, and sometimes people would respond if I needed to reach out to a photographer or sometimes, um, you, you know, you just never knew. Um, mm -hmm. But when it came to owning the business at the gym, I wasn't afraid to ask, you know, what people wanted or what people were going to sign up or follow up. Like that mm -hmm. was a big thing. So you start getting to a point where, especially as you get older, you start doing a better job at following up and, and staying in touch and just being more accountable to your job. So all of those things that I did earlier in my career kind of helped me when it came to the gym and, and what I'm even doing now. So, yeah, I, I always said that in my, like early in my sales side of things, like you're paying me for the nose. Like when you're going door to door like that, I mean, you're, yep. you're getting paid for the nose. Like the, the one, yeah. I mean, yep. that's like, you, that'll carry you, carry right. you through the next it's crazy. Like 30 I, I had these, I had these little notebooks, maybe the size of like a cell phone, like an mm -hmm. Apple phone. And I would get to like a street, I'd write the street down and then like their number. So 2302 and then it'll mm -hmm. be 2306, 2310. And I would jot down like any notes that I had with that individual. I'd be like, okay, this person's name is John. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he mentioned this, that, and this, but you'd be surprised. Like you actually, like I actually had clients from it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like people actually did, you know, had an office down the road. So that was always my thing was like, Hey, I'm just a new financial advisor. My office is right down the road. I'm just trying to yeah. network with some of the people here in the neighborhood. I just, you know, you didn't really ask questions. You just try to downplay the risk. And then some people would talk some more, but yeah. it just was an interesting experience because you were able to actually get people, believe it or not. So, yeah. And I think, uh, anyone listening, the, the answer is no 100% of the time if you don't ask, right? Like you, you have right. to at least ask. And, and so what I hear from what you're saying is like, you weren't afraid to ask the question and that gave right. you opportunities and networking possibilities to grow yep. your clientele, to be ready to open that health club. And, uh, yep. I just don't be afraid if you're listening and you, you're thinking of that next thing, the answer is no, if you don't, if you don't ask, so don't be afraid to ask. And, 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 and I think the that. more that you do it, it, it's so much easier than to learn to build rapport with people. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just start to see something, somebody has a flag in their yard and they're like, Oklahoma football fan. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. Hey, you're a big college football. You know, like there's just ways you can really, mm -hmm. you know, kind of take that barrier away from people. And it's the same thing when people came into the gym. It was just yep. like, hey, so glad you're here. You know, what do you, you know, tell me what you do for work. You know, tell me about your life. Do you have any kids? Like, what are your yep. kids up to? You know, exactly. stuff like that. And then people actually realize that it's not just like, oh, let's lift. You know, it's a good gym where people are there to get their work in, but they're also there to improve themselves. And it's stuff that they can do. I think is the biggest thing as well. They exactly. build confidence and then they go from there. So. Exactly. Yeah, the most important thing is connection, right? Like that's how you build those yep. relationships. Um, for the listener, listener who who has a passion or has always wanted to start something and had a hard time overcoming those limiting beliefs, or it's maybe I would say this is a big one for people. They're so concerned about what other people think. Like that's their limiting belief. Like they're, they're afraid. What do my friends yep. say if I go start this new passion? And like you have the skincare yep. line and you started a health club yep. and you weren't afraid to take those risks. Mm -hmm. How would you, what would you say to that person that just can't get over those limiting beliefs? I mean, obviously be smart about the decisions you make. Um, I've been very fortunate. You know, when I opened the gym, 
we had very little equipment and it was just, it was, I mean, I remember the first person that pulled up looked in and ended up connecting with them and they signed up and it just spread kind of like wildfire in that regard. But, um, here's a good example. So the skincare line, um, when I initially started out, I had a vision. I've always kind of just been into like, I don't want to say like GQ magazine, but like reading articles and like men's health and things like that. They always had like sections that's like, you know, how guys can take care of themselves and things of that sort. So I've always had kind of this idea of like, you know, skincare and, and other health related things that aren't necessarily just like working out. Um, so what I did is I created a company called Score. Uh, it's technically it was skin and core. So it was a skincare and supplement line. Um, so I had an eye gel, a face wash. I was doing a face lotion and I had a couple of supplements. I had a turmeric, um, a fish oil with vitamin D, um, and I wanted a greens powder. So it was one of those things where I had all these ideas and here's like, and it's on hold right now, but let me just tell you like, with all the stuff that I've done, I have failed so many times at so many things as well, um, to where I went kind of too big, too quick. And it was a mistake now, you look back maybe six months, I'm like, God, I should have just stuck with just the face wash and just mm-hmm. done this and it would have been so much easier. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing is, if you fail, you fail, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure people were talking behind my back, like he's never going to get a skincare line to work and mm-hmm. all this stuff, all the noise that's in the world. There's so many other products and all these other different things. And that might be the truth. I don't know. I know that I'm not going to stop doing this. Um, like I said, it's on hold, but it's one of those things where I just have to continue on with my passion and thinking that I can help the average guy who just doesn't want to go into like a, you know, a specialty store that can benefit from just washing his face with a really awesome product you know so it's just one of those things where i have failed at it um you know here's actually a good point sorry to jump off topic i think it was twitter so jack dorsey um i think he ended up don't quote me on this if you're a listener go look this up and and come back and and kind of fill you in if this is a truth here so he i think in like 2003 4 or 5 around that time he released twitter initially and it didn't take off so he shelved it for about three or four years and then relaunched it again. And then at that point in time, it took off. And it was just timing. It really was, it's the same thing. And it's evolved everything. since. And that's kind of how I was thinking, you know, with this, I was like, God, it just wasn't the right time. I did all this other stuff. So I'm this fall, I had written down in my phone and my notes. I'm like, here's what's going to happen. Here are the steps I'm going to take. Here's how I'm going to do this. And just start with one thing and just push that. And then eventually it will grow that way. So um, it's never dead, if that makes sense. But it really, that story was in the back of my mind. And I'm like, you know what? Like it, it can work just later on when it's ready. So um, I have failed. So if you're listening to this, it, it happens. Um, but I'm not going to let that completely stop me. Yeah. I mean, that hindsight look back, right? Like we always like think, oh, right. if I just simplified, there's like one yeah. one quote like back. I don't remember whoever said this, but it's like simplify to amplify. Like when you simplify your yeah. focus, sometimes that really amplifies your results. When you try to be good yeah. at 100 things, it's going to be really yep. hard to be good at 100 things. You could be great the same. at one or two things and then take it from there. Yeah. So that's well, great. Kiss, keep it simple or keep it stupid, simple, or <laughs> simple, stupid, you know, however, however you want to say it. But it's true, you know, and yep. the same thing when I was training, like, you know, I, I'd have people come in and it's like the basics, man, work. And a lot of times people are trying to do all these different crazy things that they've seen on Instagram. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, just stick with the basics. They've been around for a reason. Exactly. You know? so, but it's the same thing. I've had trainers that have came in and I've learned that as time's gone on, like the workout doesn't have to be this algorithm you're trying to figure out how to do it just keep it simple and you're going to get great results exactly let's let's bank on that health and fitness because you're 
I mean, we're both fitness guys, super passionate about health and fitness, but your fitness is next level. Like, Dave, you, you'll see Dave on, on, on the cover, <laughs> cover of a magazine with, with, yeah. a, with the eight-pack abs and, and next level fitness. So, you know, you've been featured on magazines, more, more articles than I could count. Um, what are some practical tips for the listeners uh, that you would give just to have as, as a vote of encouragement and to develop some momentum, yeah. you know, we're coming off a of COVID time, maybe someone put on some weight, yep. just give some practical yep. tips as, as a health coach, as a trainer. You know, what's interesting too, and I was thinking about this just the other day, cause I'm still training a handful of clients. And if COVID now hasn't taught us anything, I think we have enough data with COVID, like how important it is to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to by any means try to get on a magazine. You don't, I don't live like that 24-7. But, you know, you're starting to see the people that did have issues with COVID, you know, had some comorbidities where they might have had diabetes or high blood pressure or some other underlying factors. Um, you know, and I don't know if this is an eye opener for some people, but I hope it is to say that, hey, you need to spend you know, 30 minutes a day, three, four, five days a week to be active, to get outside, to do things. It doesn't have to be weights. It doesn't have to be, you know, CrossFit or, or it doesn't have to be boxing, whatever, whatever people enjoy doing and, and can get a community and, and, and work mm-hmm. with other people to kind of achieve those same goals. It's so important. Um, so for the biggest thing that I would tell people, um, you know, is be as active as you can when it comes to like eating and, and nutrition. Um, consistency, you know, find things that you enjoy eating, find things that you enjoy prepping, um, getting back to keep it simple. Like you don't have to have, you know, I've always, when people would come in for nutrition consultations, they'd always say like, you know, I want variety. I'm sick of eating the same thing all the time. And it's like, you start looking at their, what they're currently eating a lot. People eat the same things all the time. We're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to the grocery store, I'm really buying a lot of the same things. You can cook things differently to give you different flavors and tastes like that, but you don't need to have all these crazy different meals and all these different things. Just keep it simple and something that you can continually do on a daily basis. Um, and that was the biggest thing is, and even when it comes to gatherings and stuff, you don't have to be a complete, um, you know, I can't go off my diet or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just be smart. Um, try to get as much protein as you can. Try to drink as much water as you can. Probably all the things that you teach your clients. Yeah. Um, and, and have a good relationship with food. You know, it's it's one of those things where I think social media and a lot of other things kind of, you know, portray food incorrectly or, you know, in ways that make us feel bad mm-hmm. if we're not, you know, doing the right thing. So, um, I mean, that's a lot to unpack right there, mm-hmm. but just it, having a balance and just being consistent is the, the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I would I always talk about that with like when you stop enjoying food because it's such a task, like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to go back to your habits. I think it's James Clare right. wrote Atomic Habits. He's like, no one rises to the level of their goals. They fall to the level of their environments and their habits. And so when I was talking about, you know, that adding that nutrition to that exercise piece is like you have to find something that you enjoy eating. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people fall into the trap of, uh, oh, I had a bad meal. So now I might as well just like forget, screw the rest of the day. I'll start right. on Monday and then Monday turns yep. into, well, no, I'll start on the first of next month. Oh, I'm going to start the first of January. Right. It's like it's like mm-hmm. it's progress, not perfection. And so, right. you know, not letting a bad meal derail you for an entire week like those when i that's where i see people really go backwards it's like uh a cheat meal turned into everything i'm just forget the weekend cheat weekend you know yeah right but think of it this way you know this i had a good trainer friend years ago say this to me like 
just just say we eat four meals a day. You know, you do that for seven days a week. That's 28 meals. You do that for, um, you know, the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Multiply that out. How many meals is that? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's so, I'm just going to say thousands of meals. Mm-hmm. If you have one bat out of 10, 20, 30,000, mm-hmm. that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not bad at all. Like, so it, always get back on it. Like, it's okay if you have one bad one out of 30 meals or 40 meals. Like, it's going to happen to everybody. You're going to have family in town. You're going to be busy with things. You're going to have work functions. So don't look at it as a negative. You know, just look at it as, hey, this didn't happen here. I did the best that I could during that time. Now we're moving on to the next thing, next meal when it comes, and let's try to do better with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, so you talked about, like, the you know, the physical and the nutrition. One thing that I would love us to focus on too is that mental health component. Like all three of those things tie together. Like it's not just your physical health. Yes, you need to move your body, like Dave said, daily. And then you need to Mm -hmm. have a plan, nutrition. Like failing to plan is planning to fail. But then making sure that you're, you're, you know, you mentally are sharp as well. Can you speak to that as all, you know, tying that whole thing together? I mean, I think the mental aspect is probably number one on the list because then the rest fall in line from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Sleep is really, really important. Um, I can't stress that enough. If you're not getting enough sleep, um, that can have detrimental effects from, you know, a hormonal standpoint um, and then your energy standpoint and then just your motivation standpoint, you know, so, so sleep is extremely important. I think another thing that people don't do enough of is get outside, um, whether it's just a 30 minute sitting outside, getting sunlight um, and vitamin D. I think that that's extremely important um, and supplementing with vitamin D too is, is huge um, just for your hormones and your overall health as well. Um, and then I think when it comes to just mental health too, I think a big issue, um, you know, social media is a blessing and a curse um, to connect and to, mm-hmm. you know, what it's done for everybody, you know, when it comes to simplifying life, it's been amazing. Uh, but it can also be tough, um, you know, on people, you know, cause you see, you know, I think loneliness is a big thing where you start to see other people doing things and you don't think you're doing enough or you're not living up to what you should be doing. Um, you see friends out doing things. Um, you know, you see someone who's got a great body, you know, you see all these different things. And I think that that really can, can be detrimental to someone's overall health mentally. Um, so I think recognizing that and trying to stay as positive as possible is, is key. Yeah. I think one thing you said there, cause I mean, you could tie this to so many things, right? We just talked about nutrition and there's so much information out there. Well, my friend's doing keto and this person, like there's not a one size fits all, right? Like it has to work for you and your lifestyle. And then when you talked about social media with that mental health, you're seeing people's highlight reels, right? Like you're seeing the best little chunk of their life. And when you compare, like that's a guaranteed way to miss your purpose in life. And yep. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that right now, especially right now when people have been isolated and then they just, you know, they're maybe yep. on, on their phones and they're on social media a lot more. It's mm-hmm. a, a great time to make sure that you're not just stuck in that comparison trap because that yep. is a way to not not be mentally and physically sharp right there if you're just wasting Correct. time there. You know, I think, you know, to touch on that and to give some sort of like tangible something that you can do, um, try to find a hobby. I know that sounds really weird. Um, during COVID, you know, down here, Arizona was kind of a, a hotter spot. So they kind of shut down a lot of different things. I ended up buying a Traeger grill 
You know yeah, what a Traeger is? I have a Traeger grip. So it's like, Love it. Okay. So it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to start learning how to, like, smoke brisket and do ribs and do all these different things. So I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, I started ordering a bunch of stuff on Amazon, like supplies and things of that sort. And I've been using it almost every weekend. Um, you know, in, in, in the back of my mind, how I think of this, I'm like, man, I should make a YouTube channel. I should start like <laughs> grilling and doing all these different things. And like, yeah. you know, so I'm like, I need to chill out and just not do that. But it was one of those things where I'm like finding a hot, like it just made things a little bit more exciting. I was watching YouTube videos at night of different, you know, guys doing different briskets and how they did their stuff like it just it gave me a purpose of doing mm-hmm. something that was not something I typically would do um I think reading is very important as well not just reading things from your phone but trying to read books I have some um some books that I'm reading on my uh, kindle but I still I actually really like hard copy books but I have some on my kindle as well um and so and then watching it's gonna sound kind of we're watching kind of motivational videos and stuff you go on youtube and they'll sometimes have just like you know, like a Gary Vee rant on something, or mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, some motivational five minute clips of, you know, Michael Jordan or something. I think that just gets you in a mindset that's like kind of exciting. We're like, okay, let's go, you know? So um, all those little things, having a hobby reading and, and just trying to stay in a positive mindset by watching some positive views, I think can just help you, um, you know, try to stay more positive, especially during time like this. Yeah, absolutely. Because what we, whatever we focus on, right, that's what expands in our mind. So I think maybe, I don't know if it's Tony Robbins, where your focus goes, your energy flows in that mix. And so, you know, I love that, that we're in Minnesota, you're in Arizona, so we got a cold winter coming. So I I think that's a good tip for anyone listening from, from the Midwest here is what hobby can you pick up this, uh, this season that we're about to go into? I'm not going to say the S word of snow yet, but, uh. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's coming for for us. Yeah, even if it's you know, even I remember when I was living. I mean, I got my snowmobile license. You know, I mm-hmm. went through the courses and stuff, and even riding that. Um, you know, doing something like that, or um, God, what are some like when I started my skincare line? That was kind of a hobby too for like a mm-hmm. hot second. Where I'm like, okay, let's see how where I can find the product. The bottles, like it, yep. it started turning into something more. But it's like, it just it was a uh, man's search for meaning. Have you read that book? I haven't. I haven't read that one. Victor Frankel is the guy's name. It's mm-hmm. Man's Search for Me. It's really kind of a simple read, but it's about um, kind of Nazi Germany. This guy was in a concentration camp, and he started saying a lot of people would end up dying after Christmas and kind of right at the beginning of January because they were all holding out hope that they were going to be able to go home at mm-hmm. Christmas time. And then when it didn't happen, a lot of people started to kind of give up hope and die. Mm-hmm. And his reasoning for why he was still alive and why he was able to survive it is because he always had hope for something. And there was always something for him to have to, to do or think about. Um, so that's kind of what I was trying to allude to is if you have a purpose of something, it's going to keep you going. Um, and it might fail then find another purpose. Like there's a lot of other things you can do. So, um, so that's, kind of where that was alluding to just saying you know if you can focus on something for a little while you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish absolutely i love that word hope especially in the time mm-hmm. the time right right now uh, i think the mm-hmm. word of season three of this podcast that i've been really dialed into is gratitude and i think it's so important to living out our purpose in life is to have gratitude and not miss those little moments like now's a right like a great time to not miss the little things as well um, one way that I know changes anyone that's been blessed to uh, have the opportunity to be a be a parent. So you're a brand new parent, mm-hmm. beautiful baby girl, Livia, I believe, right, Livia? Yep. yep. Awesome. How has that changed yeah. your view of life? Um, it's a good question. So 
put it this way. We went through um, like in vitro and mm-hmm. we did that whole um, process. So it was one of those things where it, was, it wasn't something that I, you know, 10 years ago would have thought I would be doing. I learned a lot during that process, um, you know, from doing a bunch of shots. My, my wife, Jacqueline, um, had a lot, you know, that she had to do in order to um, make it happen. So it was your kind of non-traditional way of, mm-hmm. of going through having a baby. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. I'm going to tell a little story here. It was interesting because we both kind of wanted a boy. And we had to do two rounds of uh, kind of this in vitro, two rounds of um, shots, and, and to get her to get her um, how am I going to say this? To get her embryos and then my eggs to make it happen. So the first round we ended up getting uh, one good one, and it was a girl. So we're like, okay, that's cool. Let's do it again. So we did it a second time, and we got one good one, and it was a girl. So we had a probably for a day we were kind of like sad. You know, like she cried. I wasn't really crying, but I was kind of like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Like mm-hmm. maybe we should do it, th- you know? And then we kind of just had this moment where we're like, who cares? You know, mm-hmm. like, why are we like, why are we doing this? Like, it's so bad that we're even having this thought of doing that. Like, it's something that we shouldn't be worried mm-hmm. about. Um, so then, you know, we decided to have a girl. We went through the whole process um, with the insemination of the whole thing. And she pregnancy was great. You know, we were a little concerned, obviously, with COVID and how it was going to happen with right in the middle of the pandemic, but everything went great. Um, and this girl is awesome. You know, it's one of those things where you look back now and it's like, I can't believe it came from where it came, you know, where mm-hmm. she came from essentially, where you're just like, this is a miracle in a sense. And then you also realize too, you know, as I've gotten farther along too, and I've had some friends that have babies and things like that, you start to realize how fortunate you are, like that everything went well. Um, you know, where we had a pretty smooth, um, you know, birth and a, just the whole process was actually very smooth. And it's like, I think as you get older and you start to see more and more, it doesn't happen like that all the time. Mm -hmm. So you start to realize like, wow, holy shit, we're pretty thankful that that happened. Um, You know, and then in my mind now, I just start thinking of like, okay, she's going to be a girl. What are all the challenges I'm going to have to deal with, you know, when it comes to her getting older and everything, sports and all these other different things. So it's just, you know, it's been one of those things where COVID's allowed us to really slow down too where we've really been able to spend time with her. You know, we haven't really done too much this summer, not only because it's hot, but because we have a baby. So, um, you know, having to spend all this time and watching her grow has been a great experience, um, you know, and, and having my health and, you know, seeing people that are around me that are, you know, having, getting cancer or other different things or passing away. It's like, you know, I just think as you get older, you start to really realize how important life is and how quickly it can be gone. Um, so really trying to take in all the times that we can see the different milestones that she's going through and, and experiencing that. Yeah, I love that, man. It's it 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 changes your perspective mm-hmm. and it just it changes your heart. You know, now you have a, yeah. you know, a baby girl. I had two boys and then a baby yep. girl like that. It's uh, it's yep. special. And uh, man, yep. I love I love that you experienced that. And I just so yep. so many things I heard in that, but when you can slow down and just mm-hmm. make sure you take in those moments because those moments she you know she's only certain ages once, and so yep. I think anyone going through this COVID time is you get an opportunity to connect with your spouse or your children yep. or um, relationships in your family or or friendships. Uh, you know, just take some time and, and make sure people are okay yep. and. It's a good time to connect and and have some some perspective. So, uh, final sure question is. for you, Dave. You've had so many experiences through your journey: athlete, trainer, coach, entrepreneur. 
uh, fatherhood. We just talked about that. What piece of perspective would you like to share with the audience? Um, just how to live out their purpose in life sure. and not being afraid to, to go after their dreams. Um, just kind of what I said earlier, try a bunch of different things. Um, you won't know if you like something or don't like something if you don't try it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I was going to be a financial advisor for a long time and two and a half years into it, I was like, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, I would have never known if I didn't try it. Same thing with owning a gym. Um, you know, I enjoyed every second of it. Um, and it's now propelled me into other things in life. Um, so the biggest thing is you just, you have to ask and you have to try different things and not be afraid. I don't care if you're 25, 30, obviously be smart about it. If you have, you know, kids or other different, you know, mm -hmm. responsibilities, but whether you're 40, 45, 50, there's so many things that we can do now with the internet and access to the internet. You can start so many things so small, whether it's, you know, building things and selling them on eBay or Etsy or whatever, whether it's, you know, you can create whatever you want to create. I, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing and created a whole skincare line. I have all the templates, kind of a standard operating procedure of how to mm -hmm. create all this stuff. So it's all right there. It's just a matter of kind of revamping it. But it takes trial and it takes time and it takes experiencing different things because you'll learn from that. Absolutely. Yeah, you did it. You did it in like a side hustle and it turned into something bigger. And, and that's, right. you know, someone listening is just, you know, you don't you don't have to quit your job and just start whatever your passion no. was. It's st no. with just what you said, you know, st you can start things small. You can start an Instagram account on anything right. and uh, start to get some following before you, uh, you know. Well, like I told you, I want to be the next grill master, you know, start <laughs> doing some different YouTube videos with the Traeger and just start talking about that. I mean, that would just be so fun to do, even not even as like a side hustle, but just to do it and put stuff out there and see, you know, if other people watch it and are like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's a cool idea. I'm going to try that when I do something, you know, like it's just it, it, we have so much access, almost probably too much access than, mm -hmm. than what we should have. Um, but it, there's so much opportunity. And you just can't be afraid to, to try to do do new things. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. None of us in this day and age, none of us lack the resources. It's just being more right. resourceful, right? We just being more resourceful. Yep. I mean, could you, mix. could you imagine? I mean, even when, when you were a kid, you know, 10, 15 years old, like I remember we had like a Nokia phone and you would only use it when you call your parents, <laughs> if you were going to be home a little bit later, you know what uh, I'm saying? Like that was the extent of it. And it had like the snake game and that was it. Like, yeah. like we would go over to friends' houses. Like we would be with each other. Like I know kids these days that they're with each other on Snapchat, but they're all at their own house. You know what I'm saying? Like we were <laughs> forced to have to like yeah. go to our friend's house for, yeah. uh, you know, see our parents or when we pick up a phone, we had to talk to their parents first before we got them. Like yep. it's just, it's so different now to where um, it's almost, it can be too much, but I wouldn't change, you know, our growing up or upbringing or what it was then. Uh, but I like, we couldn't do 95% of the stuff that we could do now, you know, at whatever age that, mm -hmm. so yeah, I love it, man. I appreciate your time so much. Good to see uh, an old college friend, and yep. I love love what you're doing. Yep. Happy for you in your new fatherhood journey, and uh, just seeing you live out your passions. And uh, I, we're all better for having you on the podcast and hearing your story. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, everybody. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please remember to subscribe and give it a five-star review. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.